horror and fatality have been stalking abroad in all ages. Why then give a date to this story I have to tell? Let it suffice to say that at the period of which I speak, there existed in the interior of Hungary a settled although hidden belief in the doctrines of the metempsychosis. Of the doctrines themselves, that is, of their falsity or of their probability, I say nothing. I assert, however, that much of our incredulity, as La Bruyère says of all our unhappiness, vient de ne pouvoir être seul. But there are some points in the Hungarian superstition which were fast verging to absurdity. They, the Hungarians, differed very essentially from their Eastern authorities. For example, the soul, said the former, I give the words of an acute and intelligent Parisian, ne demeure qu'un seul fois dans un corps sensible. Au reste, un cheval, un chien, un homme même, n'est que la ressemblance peu tangible de ces animaux. The families of Burley Fitzing and Metzengerstein had been at variance for centuries. Never before were two houses so illustrious, mutually embittered by hostility so deadly. The origin of this enmity seems to be found in the words of an ancient prophecy. A lofty name shall have a fearful fall when, as the rider over his horse, the mortality of Metzingerstein shall triumph over the immortality of Berlifitzing. To be sure, the words themselves had little or no meaning, but more trivial causes have given rise, and that no long while ago, to consequences equally eventful. Besides, the estates, which were contiguous, had long exercised a rival influence in the affairs of a busy government. Moreover, near neighbours are seldom friends, and the inhabitants of the castle Berlifitzing might look from their lofty buttresses into the very windows of the palace Metzingerstein. Least of all had the more than feudal magnificence thus discovered a tendency to allay the irritable feelings of the less ancient and less wealthy Berlifitzings. What wonder, then, that the words, however silly of that prediction, should have succeeded in setting and keeping at variance two families already predisposed to quarrel by every instigation of hereditary jealousy? The prophecy seemed to imply, if it implied anything, a final triumph on the part of the already more powerful house, and was, of course, remembered with the more bitter animosity by the weaker and less influential. Wilhelm, Count Berlifitzing, although loftily descended, was, at the epoch of this narrative, an infirm and doting old man, remarkable for nothing but an inordinate and inveterate personal antipathy to the family of his rival, and so passionate a love of horses and of hunting, that neither bodily infirmity, great age, nor mental incapacity prevented his daily participation in the dangers of the chase. Frederick, Baron Metzingerstein, was, on the other hand, not yet of age. His father, the Minister G, died young. His mother, the Lady Mary, followed him quickly after. Frederick was at that time in his fifteenth year. In a city fifteen years and no long period, a child may still be a child in his third lustrum. But in a wilderness, in so magnificent a wilderness as that old principality, fifteen years have a far deeper meaning. 
from some peculiar circumstances attending the administration of his father, the young baron, at the decease of the former, entered immediately upon his vast possessions. Such estates were seldom held before by a nobleman of Hungary. His castles were without number. The chief in point of splendor and extent was the Chateau Metzingerstein. The boundary line of his dominions was never clearly defined, but his principal park embraced a circuit of fifty miles. Upon the succession of a proprietor so young, with a character so well known to a fortune so unparalleled, little speculation was afloat in regard to his probable course of conduct. And indeed, for the space of three days, the behaviour of the heir outherited Herod, and fairly surpassed the expectations of his most enthusiastic admirers.'